Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. Soren Kierkegaard. Hey, we're in Jennifer Smith, your host of the Marriage After God podcast. And uh, before we jump into part five of this eight-part series on prayer, uh, we want to read a review. This is from Jen D. Bloss. Her title is Perfect Timing for Our Marriage. Uh, what's funny is she gave a two-star rating, but I don't think that's what she meant to give because her, her review doesn't actually match the, the rating. So I'm going to be honest here. It's a two-star. It says, I was newly introduced to you by your prayer emails, books, and now your podcast. I'm 50, been married for less than seven years, and slowly had more difficult communicating more difficulty communicating in our marriage. Hearing your stories of similar s- issues and hearing heartfelt scriptures has truly helped to soften my heart and learn his way of communicating rather than ours. It's still a work in progress, and with the help of our of your resources, we have a renewed hope. Thank you very much. Um, I'm sure you've heard this already, but we love reviews. I love reading this. I lo- it's so interesting hearing everyone's little stories and um, what God's doing in their life and marriage. And um, so we love them. We love getting seeing the ratings and the reviews. Uh, and so we just uh, wanted to ask you if you haven't done that, if you haven't taken a moment and left us a star rating and review. We want to really encourage you to do that. It truly blesses us, and it really does help spread the word about this podcast so that others can be blessed like you have. So take some time today and give us a star rating and review if you haven't already. Okay, exciting news. Our book, The Marriage Gift, is officially released, and people are getting them into their hands, and we're really excited about this. Yeah, if you ordered, if you pre-ordered, you probably already have it. Yeah, you probably got it day So that's awesome. So um, this book, The Marriage Gift, it's a collection of 365 unique prayers uh, that we wrote and also added a supportive prayer with each one um, so that our, our hope is that it would be a catalyst for couples to be praying together, that they would grow in spiritual intimacy um, and this is a great time of year to be able to get a resource like this because coming to the the end of the year, the I feel like of the year. Yeah. I feel like it's a good setup for people who like challenges. Like you like to start off with New Year's resolutions or just something to have a commitment to. Mm-hmm. And so getting it before the New Year starts would be a really great way to look forward to 2024 and do something together with your spouse. And I think this book is a really easy uh, challenge for the whole year. It really isn't much to do each day. Mm-hmm. So like it would take you a few minutes each day with your with your spouse. Um, and actually, if you did get a copy of our book, if you have it in your hands and you and you're just excited about it, would you if you have social media or something like it, would you share about it? Would you let others know? Take a picture of it. Uh, post a picture of your favorite prayer. Uh, maybe uh, read a prayer on your social media, but just 
let people know you have it even, and spread the word about it. Even if you don't have social media or don't feel like sharing it there, word of mouth is really powerful too. Oh, I yeah. know there's been countless times that I'm, you know, in a group of friends and someone's mentioning a book or a resource or something that they're use, using that's really impacting them. And I'm jumping on Amazon right then and there and putting it in my cart. So. That's usually how I find things <laughs> is someone tells me about it and I'm like, oh, I'm going to check that out. So go tell your friends. Um, also, if you just want to get the book, uh, you can check out themarriagegift.com and we have more information there. You can also order it. So. Just wanted you to know. Awesome. Part five. We're we're almost done with this series. We only have a few left after this. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer in, Ma- in Matthew chapter six. And we just really hope this has been blessing you. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, uh, because we're taking it in such small pieces. I know we're taking like verse by verse. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that nothing sounds repetitive or that, you know, like I, I just hope that um, with each part of the series that someone's gotten something new and thought provoking about the Lord's Prayer and about what it means to be a Christian and to have a prayer life. I really mm-hmm. hope that it's been encouraging to people. Uh, what's funny about the the taking it verse by verse, this is how I teach on Sunday mornings. I, I, I take mm-hmm. the sections of the Bible and I actually go verse by verse. And sometimes I go through like like big chunks, whole chapters in one teaching. But there's there's times that I, I only get through one verse and it's like these, these episodes have been, what, 30 minutes to 45 minutes? Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how it is sometimes on Sunday mornings. <laughs> I end up teaching just through one small verse. and it, uh, But that's what we've been wanting to do is really focus on uh, each little piece of this teaching that Jesus gives on prayer and pull out of it mm-hmm. um, for us. And I've been, I actually been personally getting convicted and learning a lot as we go through this. Cool. Well, today we're going to be focusing on Matthew chapter six, verse 10. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this is Jesus teaching his disciples to pray and to begin the prayers Mm -hmm. with this, um, this acceptance and excitement over wanting God's will to be done. Yeah. Uh, it's a, this first like request that we, we are seeing in this prayer is for not something that I want, not something that, um, I even need like in my physical and my in it's my not about personal me. life. It's not about me. Yeah. It's actually a it's a it's a deeper longing. It's mm-hmm. a it's it's what's the most valuable thing? It's and what we long for as believers is the kingdom of God. Um, he's teaching his disciples to seek the kingdom of God on earth, to see that here now. So in learning about prayer and like the the types of things that we are seeking for in prayer. Uh, the question is, is what is, what does it mean for the kingdom of God to come? And this happens in a few ways. Uh, first and most specifically, this is what us as believers are looking forward to just ultimately like we're longing for the future coming of God's kingdom where Jesus will reign with Mm -hmm. us and that it's, uh, or I should say we will reign with him. Mm And everything's as it should be. Like God restores everything, a new heaven, a new earth, new bodies, new. That's the that's what we long for as believers. And and so it just makes me think of when we come to God in prayer, um, kind of like what we talked about last week is like understanding who he is, mm-hmm. coming to him and understanding what he's about, <laughs> his kingdom. And what is it that we're truly seeking for? Because that puts such a larger perspective, a more focused perspective of, of what we're looking for in life because there's so much temporary, there's so much like immediate, like, what do we need right now? What Mm -hmm. do I feel right now? What's going on right now? Versus like looking, looking ahead to the prize, looking ahead to the very thing that we actually truly long for. Cause like, even though we, we want 
the things now that we're, we're that we care about. Ultimately, we want His kingdom. Mm-hmm. We want to be restored back to Him. We want all things to be made right. So, I would say that's the first thing. This means when we say your kingdom come mm-hmm. is this prayer for that that hopeful longing of god's kingdom and it, and it also goes ties into what we talked about last week with um hallowed be your name and just recognizing his authority hmm. we're also rec- recognizing when we say your kingdom come yeah, whose kingdom is it <laughs> that yeah that it's about him all of this the story of the bible uh, the story of our lives all the testimony everything that's happening it's for him Yes, and we're, we're members of that kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the second part of this idea of kingdom come is, is also true. It's that when we pray, we're seeking that his kingdom be represented here on earth through us. Mm-hmm. So when we say your kingdom come, what we're saying is, is like, God, how can I build your kingdom today? How is my life building and representing your kingdom here on earth? as it is in heaven. And so there's this, this, I, this mentality of when we come to God that we're not just um, trying to build our thing. We're not just trying to receive something for ourselves alone, but we're coming to him and asking, what is it that you want? What is it? What's your kingdom about? Mm-hmm. And how am I, how am I a part of that today, God? Yeah. It's recognizing our position in his kingdom. So he's the authority. He's the one who's reigning. And even like if we want to use the word microscopically (laughs) Mm -hmm. looks into our life, like are we fulfilling our, our position and our role in his kingdom? Yeah. And when we do that, uh, that's what was that? The quote again that you read was the function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. Mm -hmm. Like we got to think about, our nature and what we did, like our cravings and desires. And like, just, we see everything currently just in the now, Mm -hmm. what we, what we know in the world and the history, like the recent history that we, we have knowledge of and to seek God's kingdom, to ask him how we, where we fit into that kingdom and how he wants to use us in that kingdom and participate in that, that work, kingdom work. You know, you, we could some say realigns us. It changes our nature mm-hmm. from this nature of just the temporary to the eternal because mm-hmm. his kingdom is eternal. Yeah. Um, as we're talking about prayer, obviously we're talking like our individual relationships with God. And when we go to him in prayer, but also because this is a marriage podcast, we're also talking about like, what does that look like for our us with along with our spouses coming to God in mm-hmm. prayer for our marriage, for our families, for his kingdom come and what that means for, for our marriage, you know? Um, and something that we've taught along the way and, uh, really shared in the message of the marriage after God book that we did yep. is, um, asking the question, is our marriage looking forward to his kingdom coming or are we looking forward to building our own kingdom here on earth? And that's a, I think that's a constant for, for believing couples who have a walk with Christ and, desire to serve mm-hmm. him. I think that's a constant struggle of what does it look like? Are we building our thing or are we mm-hmm. building his thing? Yeah. And I remember you, you saying one time, is your marriage representing God's heavenly kingdom or something else? Like, yeah. are you representing God's love story or something else? Mm-hmm. Are you representing who he is as you are made in his image or something else? Cause it's yeah. all by the choices that we make that yeah. we reflect 
what we believe. Um, and I just wanted to share a quote from Marriage After God. Um, if you guys have read that book, it might sound familiar to you, but it's, if you have not, you after this it. episode, you should go get a copy of the Marriage After God book. <laughs> okay. Um, but on page 191, um, I'm just going to read a paragraph. It says, A marriage after God is one where the husband and wife walk with humble hearts before the Lord and with each other. Marriage is not about you and what you want, neither is it all about your spouse. Instead, yield your hearts to the Lord and acknowledge that your marriage has a far greater purpose than being the means by which you are fulfilled. Your marriage is the means by which God's purposes are fulfilled and he is glorified for it is not your mes message you are striving to spread. It is not your miss mission you are pursuing and it is not your kingdom you are building. Everything you and your spouse do is for God's message, God's mission and the building up of God's kingdom. And as you chase after God, you will discover that your personal dreams and desires begin to align with his. Wow. So, so I like that. We talked about how I, as we pursue his kingdom, our personal desires and needs align with his, that yeah. nature is changing in us. Yeah. And talking about how prayer changes the one who prays, like how often have we experienced when we're praying for something, Aaron, and eventually our, our prayers themselves start to change and we start to change because of that alignment with God's will. And we start to understand what his purpose is with a certain circumstance or situation or way of being with us mm -hmm. and our marriage and what he's, what he's put us together for. Mm. And it's really beautiful to see. Um, this makes me think about my, my uh, hesitancy at times to pray for specific things. <laughs> um, well, well, how many times are you, you, you bring something up to me. And I'm like, have you, you know, have you prayed about that? What do you, what do you feel God's leading you in that? Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, not yet, but mm -hmm. I, I will. But cause, and I do the same thing because the, I know that there might be a, a level of, of selfishness in me about a, a, a topic or a thing, a situation. Wanting it to turn out a certain yeah, way. Yeah. I, I desire a certain result. Mm -hmm. And my concern is like, well, the moment I bring that to God, is he going to change my mind about that? <laughs> is he going to convince, <laughs> is he going to convict me of my position on that? Um, and it, and that's, that's exactly what happens is because sometimes my kingdom is not aligned with God's kingdom. Actually, yeah. often my yeah. kingdom is not aligned with his kingdom. Yeah. But the moment we begin to pursue that, your kingdom come, Lord, what does mm -hmm. your kingdom look like in this situation? What is your, what is my role in your, in this for you? Yeah. And he, he says, well, that's not it. And you're like, oh, but I want that. Yeah. And you're like, no, that's not it. That's not what I have for you. That's not what I want. So it's a powerful thing to to have that mm -hmm. that mindset when you're when you're praying and talking to your king yeah. of of desiring his kingdom and the and the reign of his kingdom and the success of his kingdom and the um like think about just we think about America and we're like, we want America to prosper. Yeah. We want, we want there to be good laws and we want there to be, um, you know, law and order. And we want there to be, you know, financial, uh, success in our mm -hmm. kingdom, in our you know kingdom, I should say, but our country, why would we not want the same things for our, our heavenly kingdom that we want it to succeed? Cause we're members yeah. of that. Yeah. That's our, that's our true home, that kingdom. And so we should be desiring that, that it, his kingdom, mm -hmm rules mm -hmm. and looking forward to it and looking for it in every circumstance. Well, in talking about that kingdom, experiencing success and everything, um, real quick, going back to the verse, just a portion where it says on earth as it is in heaven. And I know you shared a little bit about how we can mm -hmm. represent that on earth part, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, do you want to just go into sharing a little bit about what it means for us to, um, 
I guess make it happen? Like what, 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 how our behavior and our choices and the ways that we think impact? Well, I think it, yes, because it it goes into that next part of that verse where he says, your will be done. And like, so both of those things, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, There's this part of the will. The will is what he desires, what he wants to happen. And in heaven, uh, God's will is always done. It's heaven where God lives, where, what he, where he dwells, it's done. But on earth, God's will is not always done. Um, and I wanted to find a, sc- a scripture to back this up because I know there's probably thinking people thinking, no, God's will is always done. But that's just not the case because there's sin in the world. There's evil in the world. There's things that there's people that make choices mm-hmm. that are against God's will. And so here's one example. Second Peter three, nine, it says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's will, his heart's desire is that all men, all people mm. would come to the knowledge of the truth, would come to salvation and would not die. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want anyone to die. Mm-hmm. But that's just not the case because there are some people who deny him, who deny Christ, and they do not receive that free gift that he offers to the world. And so I just want to say that when Jesus teaches us to pray that his will be done, we are actively seeking his will to be done, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. Mm -hmm. We want it. Otherwise, he wouldn't teach us to pray for it if if he didn't care that we sought it or not. But he does. Do you think that God needs us for his will to happen? Needs? Those are big questions. I don't think God needs anything. He's God. But I think he desires us. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, this, is, this is true in our, in, in our lives. There's plenty of things that we need. And then there's plenty of things that we desire but don't necessarily need. What I love is, um, let's say that there's a certain circumstance or situation that has happened that, let's say, that wouldn't have been a part of God's will, but because of choices made and the way that right. things are happening, that thing happened. I, I love that in his goodness, he still uses that thing for good. That is what, that, that's something that's amazing about God, especially when we pray for God's will to be done, that in situations where we, you know, you can think about all of the hard things, all of the painful yeah. things, all of the bad things, mm-hmm. right? There's really bad things mm-hmm. that those bad things were not God's will, mm-hmm. but there are things that God does will out of it. He desires reconciliation. He desires right. re, uh, um, restoration, repentance, mm-hmm. healing, mm-hmm. lots of things that he wants to come out of that. And, and the, when the Bible says that he works all things together for good, for those who, for love, those him. who love him and are called yeah. according to his purposes. Mm-hmm. So not only does God have a will and, and there are people that can go against that, but then he can work those things mm-hmm. for his will still, which I blows my mind. So I think this plays out in our marriages also when we don't walk in his will. Mm-hmm. Example, God's will is that a husband and wife walk in their roles, in love, in, in strength, um, when that, that a man would lo- love his wife as Christ loves the church, that a woman would um, honor yeah, her husband, that would love, submit to him. Respect, yep, peace, all those unity. Things. Yeah. Then everyone listening right now is like, well, that doesn't oh, Yeah, happen. I was just thinking that. I'm like, we don't even do that. <laughs> that is God's will, though. That's yeah. what he wants. That's his... There's the, um, I've heard it said this way, there's the, his perfect will, mm-hmm. like what he actually desires, wh- how, how things would play out. 
and then there's his permissive will, things that he allows because he's mm. he's allowing us to to do what we do. Mm. Um, so I, I will say this yeah. about this about marriage because we've had the experience experiences <laughs> um, a few a, of them. <laughs> along the years um, when when we are uh, actively pursuing God in His Word, understanding His Word. Um, and, and having discipline, spiritual discipline, such as praying together, we are more aligned with him and with each other in a way that we're able to walk out his will in our marriage. Like we yeah. are kind, we are compassionate, we are loving, we are forgiving of one another. Yeah. Um, and I'll say that the times that we usually are um, experiencing strife or frustration um, or, or that feeling that disunity one or both of us is not choosing to actively walk yeah. in his spirit. That's true. And so this, this happens. So I, I hope this is making sense that like ultimately God is God yeah. and he's in control, but he, it's hard to, it's hard to understand. It's hard to explain, but he does have a will. And, and Jesus tells us to pray for it. <laughs> and Jesus tells us to pray for it and ask for it and seek it. Okay, I have another quick question, mm. just so we can flesh it out. When we pray for things we desire, you know, let's say healing or breakthrough or wh whatever we're praying for, yeah. it could be about our marriage or about others, um, and then follow the prayer with, may your will be done. Mm. So maybe you're, you're praying for healing, okay? But then at the end, but you close it with, but let your will be done. Is that a lack of belief that that thing is going to happen? Or, or is that how we should be praying no matter what we pray? Well, I de it's definitely not a lack of belief because Jesus prayed exactly that way. Mm -hmm. And we, we brought this up several times now. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when he's about to go to the cross, he says, Lord, let this cup pass from me. The cup of wrath, the, the cup that represents what he's about to endure. Mm -hmm. And then he always followed up with, but not my will be done, but yours. Because mm -hmm. he's saying in that moment, in his, his human flesh, his flesh had a different will than what yeah. God's was. But guess what he did? Mm. God's will, not his own. And so right there in that one example, we see two wills at play. And the Bible teaches us there are two wills at play at all times. But God, we're warned to make sure that we're seeking God's mm. will. <laughs> because when we're in his will is the safest place. When we're in his ways is the safest place. Um. It's a, it, it makes sense, but it's also so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And also so there's oftentimes when we pray these things, when we come to God and we say, God, what, what is your will? What is your will in this moment? The spirit changes the directions of our hearts. Like, like gives us wisdom yeah. because, because sometimes we start out praying and we actually don't know the full scope of what we're actually praying for. And as we continue on in prayer, there's clarity. Mm -hmm. there's understanding or there's change of our character or there's change of our perspective. You shared a, a scripture um, on a podcast we just were being interviewed on. It was your favorite scripture. Yeah. Can you just summarize it real quick? It's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make sure your paths. Yeah. And is it is also lean out on your own understanding? Didn't I not say that? Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own yeah, understanding. You in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make sure your paths. The the reason we pray these things, your will be done, mm -hmm. your kingdom come, is because we don't know everything. Yeah. We don't have full understanding. We don't know his will always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have to ask, what is your will? What's your will right now? 
today. Mm-hmm. And often his Holy Spirit's going to point us right back to scripture. What's your will in this, this situation with me and my wife? Well, Aaron, my will is that you would live, walk with your wife in an understanding way. My will is that you would love her as Christ loves the church, giving himself up for her. Mm-hmm. My will is that you would be patient. My will is that you would be gentle. My will is that you would not be harsh. My will, and he reminds me of all the scriptures. He reminds you these things while you're praying for his will? Well, that's what he does. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> mean so I always good. listen. Doesn't mean I always listen. He's but good. that's that is what he wants. He wants us to remember the things that he's shown us mm-hmm. and how he's revealed himself to us. I had a really cool um, picture when we were filling out the notes for this podcast episode, and we often talk about the analogy of the potter and the clay. I think it's just an easy, natural one to go to because the Bible talks about it, but also it's just a really it's just a really cool picture of imagining God's hands working you like a piece of clay and and how he shapes us mm-hmm. and being on a you know I always imagine the clay being on one of those spinning wheels and in order to shape and maneuver the clay I was thinking about water and how the a potter oh, or an artist will dip their hand or use a sponge in some way and add moisture to, to yeah. the clay and it and the, and the water prevents the clay from drying out or if there's little cracks or mess ups in it, it like folds it back in and make, you know, it just makes it moldable. And so I was thinking of prayer as like the water, a means of connecting us to God and allowing him to shape us and mold us. And it's that, like the in-between. And that goes back to like for the husbands washing their wives with the w- water by the word. Oh yeah. Like that, w- the water also is the word of God Yeah, that makes us, Pliable. But when we say, when we seek the will of God, right, mm-hmm. we're seeking his knowledge. Like I said, when I pray and God, the Holy Spirit brings back to remembrance things he's already said. Yeah. And he, that's his will. He's He's like, here's my will. I've mm-hmm. shown it to you. This is what I desire. Um, that was a really good analogy, the water making the clay moldable. Yeah. It's just the, the means or that in between, you know, and when you're thinking about going in to God, and having mm-hmm. that in, that spiritual intimacy with him, I don't know. It's just a really cool. It's what it's what's between the clay and his hand, mm-hmm. right? You're like, yeah. oh, I need, I need yeah. to meet you there. Yeah, and he meets us there, mm-hmm. um, and he and he molds us. He does mold us. So desiring his will is so we're seeking his kingdom and desiring his will, which is amazing. Um. So the question is then, what is the will of God? And there's lots of scriptures that talk about specifically what the will of God is. But like I just mentioned, first and foremost, like his word is already revealed mm-hmm. the will, his will to us. So in, we might be ask ourselves, and this is often where the question comes in is like, oh, what job should I take? Or what, you know, direction should I take on the highway? Or, you know, at what time should I, these kind of like these minute details in our lives that we want to know the quote unquote will of God in. But often it's it's a step above that, several steps above that, where he's already revealed how we should think about these things, how we should operate in these things, who we should trust in the in in these decisions. Um, and so it's not as like cut and dry. Sometimes I believe the Holy Spirit speaks to someone on something specifically like that. But I think the majority of the time he's already revealed it to us in his word. Like I brought up, like how I should treat you as a wife. Like that covers a multitude of of scenarios in our life and, and direction. Um, but there are some scriptures that specifically speak to the will of God. The first one being Romans 12, two 
It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Um, so this is a part of God's will is being transformed so that we would also know what the will of God is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we're, we're being transformed by our minds being renewed, which is being renewed by the word. Amen. Uh, another one is first Thessalonians five eighteen. It says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And so having a heart of gratitude, I was just thinking about in marriage, how often we, we, we are not thankful in the moment for a specific mm -hmm. circumstance or situation, which maybe later on after we do pray or have more clarity for, we, we understand that we can be thankful for hard things, but kind of that, that immediate response to things like, are we able and capable of giving thanks in all circumstances? Do we Which, go there with God? Yeah. Can we? <laughs> well, and this brings me back to this, um, your kingdom come, your will be done. Yeah. When we think about God's kingdom mm -hmm. and his will, do you, are you thankful? You're like, thank you for like letting me into your kingdom, yeah. for inviting me to be here. Like as we learned last week, uh, last episode, um, being your children, you've, you've made us your children. You've made me new. You've forgiven me. There's so much we have to be thankful for. Not, not just, um, not even to, to count all of the like personal details of our lives that we could be thankful for, but just the overall goodness of the gospel and what it has done for us that our prayers should be laden with thanksgiving. This is God's will, thanksgiving. First <laughs> um, Peter 2.15, For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of the foolish people. Of foolish people. So again, his will is thanksgiving. His will is being renewed. His will is doing good. These are, these are things that he actually desires his, his kingdom builders to do. When I saw this verse on here, I, I get really sensitive because I'm a peacemaker at heart. I'm like, wait, that sounds kind of harsh. <laughs> yeah. That sounds mean. Put to silence, ignorance, you know, but, um, God quickly comforted me and was like, when it says, um, put to silence, the ignorance of foolish people, that's someone who quickly responds and quickly says something out of their mouth without knowledge, without knowing, without understanding. And when they're silent, it's because they're thinking about it. And so it, there was comfort in knowing that uh, when you are walking in the will of God and doing good, you put them to silence because you make them think about what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. And, I, and it leads them back to the Lord. And so it's a good thing. That is good. At least that's how I reconciled it. <laughs> First Thessalonians 4, 3, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual morality, that each one of you know how to control his own body and holiness and honor, not in the passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Let no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but for holiness. So his will is that we are sanctified. Mm -hmm. And then more specifically, that we're sanctified in this area of sexual morality and, and holiness and lust mm -hmm. and overall walking in self-control and purity. That's a, that's again, another will of God. So, and a blessing for your marriage when oh, you yeah. walk in it. <laughs> um, another one's Micah six, eight. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness, uh, to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. There you go. We, you want to know what God's will is? that you would do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly. 
yeah. before God. First Timothy two through four. First of all, then I urge the supplications. Or then I <laughs> let me start over. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So mm-hmm. what does he desire? That all people be saved and come to the knowledge. Yeah, the and truth. he also or he urges us that we would lift up prayers and supplications and intercessions mm-hmm. and thanksgiving for everyone. Our leaders, our kings, uh, and our friends, our parents. Um, and then I love that in the middle of this, it says that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives, mm-hmm. <laughs> godly and dignified. Like that, that's his will for us. So there's many things that we may have questions about, but we can definitely know the will of God. Mm-hmm. We can look into scripture and be like, wow, okay. And there's, if you were to just break down all of these, you can dig in and, and there's probably answers to almost everything in your life in a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's this thing's happening. Well, Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, but I'm not thankful. Well, it says, well, they'd be thankful. So we could, we should be asking for that. Um, you had already had me bring it up earlier, but I did have in here to share Proverbs three, five through six, because when we're considering God's will and we're praying for his will to be done in, in our lives and in our marriages. Um, but, but even more so when we feel unclear about mm-hmm. what his will is, maybe for a specific circumstance or situation, yeah. um, we can pray and ask God to help us cling to this next verse that I'm going to share again and and believe it and do what it says. But it's Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. And how challenging it is to our flesh sometimes to not lean on our own understanding when we think and we're convinced yeah. that we know what is right, that we know what is good, that we know what is perfect even, and we're trying to convince our spouse that our understanding is the best way. We just, we end up in turmoil. We end up in strife. And so... This is just a good reminder to trust the Lord and to lean on him and to acknowledge him. Mm. So some questions for us to consider when we pray, what are we pursuing? Are we pursuing our kingdom, our will, mm-hmm. or are we pursuing God's kingdom mm-hmm. and his will? Um, is it, are we praying that God changes our spouse and forgetting about our own, our own mm-hmm. hearts, our own sanctification, our own transformation? Or are we praying that he blesses us so we don't ever have to face anything difficult or hard or challenging? Yes. I'm always praying for that. That I mean, we're not condemning these prayers, but it is good to think about. Yeah. Like when we pray these, are we still actually desiring God's mm-hmm. will? Are we desiring that? Like, okay, Lord, as I'm going through this, what is your will? Yeah. This is hard. Oh, you want me to be thankful? teach me how to do that because that's that's really hard for me right now um when we come to him are we just praying for the things that we want and desire and request of him or are we also praying that his will be done are we praying um with gratitude and thanksgiving and reminding Mm -hmm. him that we trust him and that we are ready to embrace whatever he has for us Hmm. um we've had some feedback years ago about our 31 prayers for my future husband and future wife books um different people commented that they that as they were praying the prayers in those books, they realized they needed God to change them and shape them and prepare them yeah. for their spouse. Um, because when we write, when we've written these books and these, these prayers, our intention is not just to give them like, Oh, here's all the prayers that you would probably already pray. We wanted to use it as a, a way of opening their eyes, opening our eyes to 
God's will for us. Mm-hmm. Like, is it, like again, prayer changes mm-hmm. the prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's what's pretty interesting is you when they would read these prayers, they'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm praying this thing, but for, for my future spouse that I would desire them to be, but I'm realizing I'm, I need that too. <laughs> I need that too. I'm not that right now. Yeah. God help me be that. Which is exactly what we've experienced, especially in our dating and engaged years, you know, and, and throughout marriage that when we yeah. come to him with the heart of like, Oh, just, I want this for this person that we realize we're humbled and we recognize yeah. what we need. The, the prayer often looks like this, Lord, I see the speck in their eyes, but would you show me my log yeah. in my own? Because we we forget sometimes that we we have our we have things that we need to be looking at in ourselves, mm-hmm. and often we tend to see the thing in us mm-hmm. so clearly in our spouse. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to the quote that we opened up with. Um, it's by Soren Kierkegaard, and it says, "The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays." Hmm. And just ask, like, do we believe it? Do we believe that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've taught we've talked quite a bit about this in um, this series already about evaluating our hearts, which I think is a a good thing that we should all do as believers. Mm-hmm. Like asking, like, what is what, what's in me? Um, do but, we do we believe that we can our prayers can influence God, or do you do you think that He just wants us to come to Him, but that we desire? Well, I I think because this would go to this like, well, are we changing God? Yeah, the Bible says God doesn't change, yeah. right? But I think there's a part of our relationship with God that He allows us to come to Him with requests. Like I, I just think about the stories in the old Testament where it seems as though someone praying like Moses mm-hmm. changes God's mind on something. Mm. And so I, I, I think he, I think by his choice and his will, mm-hmm. he allows us to yeah. influence him. It's a, it's a, again, it's a weird yeah. thing. Cause I, I, God's holy and he's, and he's omniscient and omni- omnipotent and he's all powerful and mm-hmm. almighty and, and he's sovereign and in control and, and, and created everything but there's something I, I don't know how it works but he I, from what i've seen in scripture it seems like he he allows for this mm-hmm. this exchange yeah this engagement i don't know i don't know how to i'm something, just being honest i don't know something that i wanted to share is um our 31 prayers for my husband and 31 prayers for our wife books uh have a subtitle and it says seeing god move in his heart and seeing god move in her heart hmm. and what's cool about that is yeah, I don't. Th- I I don't know if the prayers that we pray for our spouse m- make God do anything different than what He's already willed, right? But yeah. what it does is it opens our eyes, the prayer for the things that we're praying, to see Him, who's already moving in to them. See how He's moving to see how He's yeah. moving in them. It like it it for me. It when I pray for you, it opens my eyes to see all the ways that God is moving in your life. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I got a, some questions for us. Do we see prayer as something that we're checking off? Like it's just a, it's a box. Like I'm a Christian and check it. I did my prayer for the day. Um, do we see it as a, um, try it here and there or yeah. To, like I'm going to do it only when I feel like it's most necessary. Am I going to do it? You know, just when a, things are really hard or in a people pleasing way of like, I know my spouse wants me to do this. So I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Um, do you see it like as a last ditch effort? because everything is everything else in your power has failed and you're like okay now I'm going to try going to god or 
do you pray because you truly desire to be close to God and, and because you want to share your heart and be known by him? Mm-hmm. Do you pray because you trust that he does hear you and that he does have the power to move? Yeah. And, and we don't ask these questions to shame anyone because we've all answered each one of these different ways at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all imperfect uh, and in this flesh and as believers, we, we have different motivations at different times for why we go to God mm-hmm. and how we pray and the things we pray. I remember um, my last labor and delivery was with Edith and I had made a commitment prior to going into labor that with every contraction, I was going to pray. And it was cool. And it was twofold because the contraction was a cue. Hey, pray for those that I love who are around me, but, and also for people in the world who need God. And prayer at the time was a distraction from the pain I was experiencing. Hmm. So that kind of, it's like a good analogy for life is going to God as like praying to distract us from the flesh and, yeah. the, and the, and the things in life, but not necessarily a distraction, but like to, to focus on something else. Yeah, I was not even bringing it up for metaphorical reasons. I was just yeah. saying that we're all motivated for different reasons. But it was but a good metaphor. It was a good metaphor. <laughs> um, no, I just I, I I think that it's important to remember that our motivations and intentions matter, um, but they are but they can be layered mm-hmm. as well, and that God moves in us even with just the commitment to be obedient in that way to pray. Well, and that's been the theme of Jesus's teaching on prayer. The Lord's prayer is is this idea of sincerity. And, and a trueness of relationship that mm-hmm. we we actually know God and yeah. he knows us. Yeah. The word sincerity means genuineness, honesty, freedom from deceit, and freedom from hypocrisy. Yeah, we've talked about all these things. <laughs> honesty and intention and in communicating, earnestness. Yeah. Um, when I was looking up the word sincerity, because I really feel like this is like to answer the question, what am I pursuing when I pray? It's like, well, you should be praying with sincerity. Yeah. Um, the it, the Wik- Wikipedia, <laughs> it was talking about the Latin word for it, sinceris, meaning clean, pure, and sound, which I like that. Um, and may, it may have once meant one growth, hmm. which I thought was cool. One growth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just how, how they like um, take the root words of things and like yeah. put them together. Um, but I like the word growth in there when you're talking about sincerity and prayer and like, I don't know. Was exciting to me when I wrote it down. Okay, they, there was this one little um, part that said there was controversy to this portion, but I thought it was really cool in talking about um, in s- sincerity. Um, okay, so let me try and make sense of this for you guys. I'm just going to read it. An often repeated folk etymology proposes that sincere is derived from the Latin sign is that sign s-i-n-e sin Sin or sign um which equals without sarah equals wax so it's without wax without wax according to one popular explanation dishonest sculptors in rome or greece would cover flaws in their work with wax to deceive the viewer therefore a sculpture without wax would be one that was honest honestly represented Hmm. and later on it went on to say that um there were there were these wax or these um, sculptures that were given that had wax on them uh, to Greece and they melted in the sun. And oh, so they were like, they were totally to be frauds re- revealed or, to be or, frauds. Um, yeah. So again, this is, there's some controversy to what this means, but I thought it was really interesting to see how like 
this the correlation between a, a, a sculpture and having this part of them that's not actually real or a part of it yeah being with wax you know yeah i think that's that makes sense again this is a controversy this is not necessarily it's saying that this is um folklore like it they they it's been talked about yeah maybe yeah. it came from this idea but i like the the picture of it because this is something and we've talked about this earlier on in the in the first you know handful of first couple of episodes yeah. of this series of hypocrisy and, mm-hmm. and and coming to God with a with a mask on. Yeah. Like I'm going to show you only the side that I want to show you. I'm going to yeah. pretend to be something. Exactly. Where um, they were using the wax to cover up flaws and cracks and things. Like yeah. we can't do that when we go to God. We ha- we have to be honest and sincere. We have to be truthful. Just like we want our spouse to be in marriage. And that's when we come to God in sincerity, then what we're doing is we're revealing those imperfections Mm -hmm. because that's what we are yeah and asking the creator to fix them Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to work on us Mm -hmm. like the clay so our encouragement for you guys today um in answering this question what what are we pursuing when we pray um pursue prayer with an honest and sincere heart and start by asking the lord like for his will to be done and his kingdom. And his kingdom, especially yeah. when it comes to our marriages. Um, okay, so at the end of every episode, we end with a prayer. And so we thought it would be awesome to end with this one from The Marriage Gift. It's 254, and it's titled The Posture of Our Hearts. Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of another day to live a life of worship, praising you with our actions and our words. Will you direct our eyes to notice all the moments you give us today to make right our posture before you and before each other? Holy Spirit, will you work in our hearts, making them pleasing and honoring to you? May the posture of our hearts be humble and sincere. Lord, remove any pride and selfishness that creeps up in us. Give us deep consideration for one another, being thoughtful to check in with each other. Make us a couple who listens with pure compassion and grace. Help us seek to benefit one another and in any way we can. Lord, we ask for a supernatural understanding of each other. Give us the gift of being um, keen on how each other is doing so that we may know each other well and bless each other. If we are in conversation and hear something that stirs up anger, encourage us to evaluate the posture of our hearts. May we address our emotions and work them out with self-control. Lord, please help us to walk righteously and humbly, trusting you in all your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the verse that goes with this is Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So we just hope that this has blessed you. Um, We have a few more episodes in this series, so keep on the lookout for the next uh, three episodes. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you next time.
Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.